and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. All right, take your Bibles and turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. Last week, we looked at what does God want from us. And we saw that what God wants is for us to worship Him and to love Him and love His people. The epistle to 1 John is an epistle that deals with the overall subject of fellowship with God. And it's an epistle that has a tremendous amount of teaching about the love of God. Um, Some people refer to John um, as the um, apostle of love. And the reason why they do that is because the Gospel of John and the epistles of of John have the word love used in them more than any other place in the the Word of God. And 1 John shows us about this new commandment that Jesus Christ gave us to love. But we're going to start in chapter 1 and verse 1. That, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and to show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That which they had seen and heard declare they unto us. And the purpose of declaring that word of God that they had seen and heard, the reason for declaring it was so that we could have fellowship first with the one's teaching, And here, John is saying that they declared it unto them so that they could have fellowship with them and, through that, have fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. That's how how it happens. You first had fellowship with some other person that shared God's Word with you. Whether that was your parents when you were just a child, or whether that was somebody that you met along the way in the course of your life. But you had someone that shared God's word with you, that declared unto you that which they had seen and heard, that word of God that they had come to know. And through that, through that fellowship with us, then you learned to have fellowship with God and his son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship is our ongoing relationship with God. That's what fellowship is. 
There's two words that are important to understand relative to this. One is sonship, and the other is fellowship. So we got two different ships going on here. One is sonship. Before you can have fellowship, you have to have sonship. You have to be born again of God's Spirit before you can have that relationship with God. Sonship is our standing. We are sons of God because we are born again of God's Spirit. We're born again of God's Spirit by incorruptible seed. And because it is by seed, you can never lose it. Just like I am a son of my earthly parents, Herb and Eileen Malone, but I am a son of theirs by birth. And, you know, no matter what, that was unchangeable. When I got in trouble, they might have liked to have changed that, but they couldn't. That was unchangeable. But fellowship, fellowship is that relationship, and that does change. That can change. That can fluctuate, and it does. Fellowship is the relationship. The standing is the sonship. Our state is that fellowship. And, you know, you could get out of fellowship with God. You'll never lose your sonship. But when we don't walk according to God's word, if we disobey God, if we sin, if we go against his will, then we don't have that fellowship, that close relationship. It's not that sweet relationship of the family that God would have and that he desires. Verse 4, And these things write we unto you, for what purpose? That your joy may be full. That's the purpose. It is through fellowship with God that our joy becomes full. Do you want more joy in your life? Do you want a sweeter, happier life? Well, there's the answer. The answer is fellowship with God. Because that's something that we decide. That's something we determine. I can't determine all the circumstances that happen in my life. Some things just happen, you know. Stuff happens, as people more politely might say. <laughs> we can't always determine what happens. We, have, we live in this world... And it's a world that's controlled by Satan, the God of this world, he's called. And sometimes because of that, bad things do happen. You can't always stop the devil from kicking you, but you can determine what direction you're going to go. And there's going to always be times when the adversary will throw things at us. As someone once said, God's always voting for you. The devil's always voting against you. Your vote determines the election. And your vote is cast when you walk with God. That's how you decide. When I trust God, no matter what happens, and when I decide that I'm going to think his word, when I decide I'm going to stay in fellowship with him, then my joy is full. Even when bad things happen, even when the circumstances would cause me to be miserable, I don't have to be miserable. That's my choice. That's my choice. I can choose to have the peace of God because I have it on the inside. 
I can choose to have joy because of that relationship with Him. When I think His Word, when I walk out on His Word, when I trust in God, then my joy is full. Verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you. Okay, so we've been talking about this Word of God that was received, this Word of God that was shared, this Word of God that causes people to have fellowship. And here's the first thing that's told from that message, that Word. This is the message that we declare unto you that God is light. God is what? Light. Light. And in Him is no darkness at all. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. That's the first thing that's stated, and boy, that's got to be one of the, the foundational building blocks of your relationship with God, of your understanding of who God is. That God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. So when bad things happen, is that light or darkness? Darkness. Darkness. So is that from God? No. no. If you get sick, is that the will of God? No. No. Is sickness light? No. Is sickness a good thing? No. You don't hear a lot of people praying, God, I'm really healthy, please make me sick. I, I, I've never been in a fellowship where somebody's done that, thankfully. You don't hear somebody praying, I'm sick, God, please make me sicker. Please, please just let me die from this. Now, I know some people get so miserable that, that, that they feel that way. But... You know, people would much rather be healed, wouldn't they? If you had your choice, if you had your druthers there, you know, get better or or not. You're going to pray for getting better, aren't you? Because this is the will of God. God never sends sickness. God doesn't send disease. God doesn't send calamities. God doesn't send hurricanes. Oh, my goodness. It's like, I don't know if they still include that. It has a phrase in insurance policies. You know, where this does not cover acts of God. No problem. Okay, good. Because when a hurricane comes, that's not an act of God, so I'm going to hold you to covering it then. (laughs) Because that's not an act of God. A fire is not an act of God. None of those things are acts of God. And if people knew the accuracy of God's word, man, they'd never refer to it as such. And, you know, somebody, if they're smart enough, they could fight that one just on that basis. God's light, and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So if God's light and we walk in darkness, can we have fellowship with him? So the minute I walk in darkness, I'm not in fellowship with God. There's a simple, simple way of knowing, am I in fellowship or not? If I'm walking in darkness, that's not a place God's willing to go. (laughs) He can't. He's light. How can he go into darkness? The minute he goes into darkness, darkness is dispelled. (laughs) If we turn off all the lights in this room, and it's perfectly dark, and I turn on a light, do we still have darkness? No. The two are opposite, right? They are opposed. You can't have light and darkness at the same time. So if I, by my actions, go to some place that's dark, if I go to some place, do things that would be contrary to God's will, can God be there with me at that time? Well, God's with me, but we're not in fellowship. We don't have that fellowship. 
I can't have that fellowship with them. If I go to a dark place in my mind, can I be in fellowship with God? No, because God is light. So each and every moment, that's our choice. Do I choose to, to have light and to focus on light or to focus on darkness? You never get rid of the darkness by dwelling on the darkness. You get rid of the darkness by introducing light. Mm -hmm. One of the great principles from that study we were talking about, at least from your prisons. You never get rid of the darkness by dwelling on the darkness. So you can think about how miserable you are, and you can think about how unhappy you are, and you can think about how bad the situation is. Does that make it better? No. Yeah. No. The way you make it better is by introducing light. When I pray, when I pray, what should my focus be? On the, on the need and on the negative or on the positive of what I want? Positive. You know? When you pray, believe. Not when you pray, worry. <laughs> you know, prayer isn't worry while you, you know, speak in tongues or something. Prayer is believing. Believing for things to change. If we say that and walk in darkness, verse 6, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. See, if we walk in the light, then we have fellowship. And that blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. That happened at the time of the new birth, but that Forgiveness is realized and recognized as we walk in darkness, as we walk in light. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We're just kidding ourselves if we say we don't have sin. If we say that, boy, I've got it so together that I just never blow it, then you're fooling yourself. You're not fooling God, but you're fooling yourself. You're just deceiving yourself. If we confess our sins, okay, because we will sin. We will break fellowship, and that's what sin is. Sin is broken fellowship. It's missing the mark. Here's what we should be doing, and here's the path we should be on, and somehow we got strayed, you know. Something looked good over here that we shouldn't have gone looking at, or, or we got distracted, or, or we just made a mistake, you know. You're walking down the path, and you think this is the way you should go, and, and then you, you go down there, and you realize... Oh, no, that wasn't it. If we do that, see, then if we confess our sins, he is faithful and, and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's all we have to do. When we make mistakes, when we blow it, we just go to God and we thank him. We confess, we say, Father, I'm sorry I did that. I thank you for your forgiveness and God is faithful and just to forgive it. Always, always. God never says, uh, you know, I've had enough. You've done that too many times. I'm not going to forgive you anymore. God never says, you know, I'm, I'm tired of you. I'm not going to put up with you anymore. He is always faithful and just to forgive us. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. See, so either God's right or we're right if we say that we have no sin and, and God's one that's right, we do. But he is faithful to forgive us. Look at chapter 2. 
My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. You know, the purpose isn't so that, oh, well, okay, it's nice to know God always forgives me, so now I can just keep on sinning because God always forgives me. No. The purpose, these things are written that we want sin, that we'd recognize how loving God is, how gracious He is, how merciful He is, and that because of recognizing that, we want to we please Him. We want to walk according to His Word. We trust that He knows best, that if He tells us something, it's for our profit. It's for our benefit, whether, whether we understand that at times or not. Mm. We may not get it. You know, and there were things when I first was, was new to God's Word that I'd read and I'd say, well, I don't understand what's wrong with that. Why does that make a difference? But I just finally got to the point that I trusted that if God said it, He knew more about life than me, and it was for my good. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The righteous. And he is the propitiation or payment for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So if somebody says that they know God, but they don't keep his word, then the truth's not in them. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. How do we have the love of God perfected in us? By keeping his word. Do you want to be loving? Do you want to walk in the love of God? Well, then we walk according to his word. Because the love of God is not a matter of feeling. It's not emotion. It's not all of that stuff. It's His Word. God defines life. God tells us what's loving and what's not. And the more of God's Word that we know, the more we can understand that. Boy, I remember the first time I ever heard 1 Corinthians 13 taught in a meeting. I remember sitting there and thinking, man, now I know what went wrong in every relationship of my life that ever went south. I know why it went south. I know why that didn't work out. Because 1 Corinthians 13 showed me what love was. There's other places that also do that. And as we learn that, as we know what is love in a situation, you know, then that changes things. Because sometimes what people think is love isn't. Sometimes people think it's loving to worry, but it's not. Sometimes people think that if you're jealous, that shows how much you love people. But it's not. The love of God doesn't do that. None of that stuff is right. None of that stuff is good. None of it is helpful. But God's Word tells us what love is. Well, let's go to chapter 3. We're not going to read this whole epistle, but we'll just kind of hit some highlights here. Chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Look at the great love that God had that we would be called the sons of God. It's through God's love, not because we deserved it, not because we're such good guys. You know, people that think that they're so good that God has to let them in heaven because, my goodness, they're just so wonderful. They're kidding themselves. 
They're like we just read about. They're deceiving themselves. The truth's not in them. It's not that we are so good, but that God loved us, and that's why we are sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not, because it knew him not. It didn't know the, the world didn't know the first son of God, the only begotten son of God, and they don't know us. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. When? Now. Now, right now. Does that make you somebody important? You betcha. Does that make you somebody that's got some resources? Yeah. Sure. You know, if you were the son of Donald Trump, some people would say, oh my goodness, I'd... others like, that'd be great. But anybody's got to recognize that would give you some, some resources, wouldn't it? That would give you some, some power, some resources. But boy, how much does God have? says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God is all-powerful, and he's your father. What would you do for your son? What would you give to your son if he needed it? Is, is there anything you'd withhold? God wouldn't withhold anything from us. Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Right now we're sons of God, and we, we can't even begin to know what, what it's going to be like when Jesus Christ returns, except to know that we'll be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We'll be like he is in his resurrected body. We'll be just like him because we'll see him as he is. Verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And that word pure means to, means to remain lustrous, though living in this present tarnished world. Mm -hmm. You don't have to just let the world rub off on you. You don't have to just succumb to all the negatives of the world. If everybody around you is just miserable and negative and fearful, you don't have to become that. If everybody's mean and crabby, and you don't have to become that. Mm. You can remain lustrous. You can remain pure. How? How do you do that? How do you not get affected? How do you not become just as embittered and negative as everybody else in the world becomes as life goes on? How do you do that? The hope. The hope. Every man that hath this hope in himself becomes pure even as he is pure. You see? Mm. It's the hope. It's the hope. When we look at the things that are not seen, man, when you look, there are days when you look at the things that are seen, you can't help but be miserable. You can't. Because sometimes the world around us is just a, a really hard place to live. But when we look at the things that are not seen, those things are eternal. And it says that all of these other things that are, you know, are just a momentary, you know, this, this nothing. That, that the troubles, what's the verse I'm trying to quote? Light affliction this light affliction or exceeding the eternal weight of glory. Yeah, it calls it a light affliction. It doesn't feel like that to us at times. Sometimes it feels like it's a really heavy affliction. But 
It works for us a far more exceeding internal weight of glory while we look at the things, the next verse is, that are not seen rather than the things that are seen. Those are eternal. This is temporary. Well, look at verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought also, when we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Don't just say you love, but love in deed, love in truth, love in action, not just words. Anybody can talk. But real love, there's, there's that willingness to do. There's that willingness to actually help. And hereby, verse 19, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. <laughs> Isn't that great? If our heart condemns us, if we still have condemnation in our lives, you know what? God's greater than our hearts, and he knows all things. We have to value his opinion more than ours. Our hearts might say, why, well, you're guilty. But God knows more. He says you're righteous. Our hearts may say, I'm, I'm unworthy. But God knows more. He says you're worthy because he made you worthy. God knows more than our hearts, and that judgment has to be our judgment. We have to see ourselves the way that God sees us. We have to think of ourselves the way that God does. That has to be our view, our, our mindset. Look at verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, if we can get around to that point that we think God's opinion matters more than ours, that he knows more than that, and we quit condemning ourselves. If our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. That's how we have to get to the point where we're confident toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That's fellowship. Boy, when we do his word, when we trust him, when we don't condemn ourselves, when we're confident toward God, then when we ask something, we get those prayers answered. You want to believe more? You want to believe bigger? Well, here's the way to do it. This is the way we do it. We think God's word. We live God's word. And then we're confident toward him so that when we have a need, we can go to God and be confident that he hears it, and that he'll answer those prayers. Verse 23, And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave his commandment. Isn't that hard to do? Isn't that terrible? You know, It's not a lot to ask. Sometimes it's not easy, but it's always simple. It's always simple. Sometimes it's not easy to be loving. Sometimes somebody does something and you don't want to love them. You'd rather punch them in the nose, but... God says love. God says love. And when we do that, when we don't react to circumstances, in every situation you can either act or react. You can either act or react. Somebody says, well, you're a no-good so-and-so. Okay, I got a choice. 
I can act or react. I can say, well, yeah, well, let me tell you what I think of you. <laughs> or I can haul off and punch him in the nose. I'm reacting then, aren't I? Right. Yeah. What would be the right action? Love. Love. You know? Don't respond with cursing for cursing, but rather blessing for cursing. You know, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but you know what? I know what God says about me, and, and you know what else? Even if you say that to me, I'm still going to love you. And it doesn't always have to be that. It might be some just somebody's rude to you, and rather than be rude back, you just smile at them and, and say, you know, well, you know, have a great day, or you try to look for some little way to pick them up. That's what we do. Well, look at chapter 4. Get through a couple more verses. Verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Boy, there's a great verse to remember, huh? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You're of God and overcome all of that negative stuff, all of the people that be against you, all the circumstances against you. Greater is he that's in you, God and Christ in you, than he that's in the world, the adversary. And because of that, we have the victory. Look at, oh, let's skip down to verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. The more we grow in God's love, the more we recognize his love for us, then fear is just done away with, and we can love the way God would have us to love. God bless you. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.